0: This episode of Flying Solo is brought to you by Westpac, helping businesses grow with access to lending. Take advantage of a small business loan with Westpac under the government's SME Recovery Loan Scheme and inquire about a loan today. Eligibility criteria applies. Hi everybody, I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is James Elliott, founder and director of Elliott Performance Training. If you're looking to up your fitness game, well, then James is the guy for you. Welcome, James, and thanks for joining us
1: today. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. You're most welcome.
0: Now, for our audience, I'd like to get a little bit into your background. Sure. What was your journey uh, into the health and fitness space? I can hear a bit of a Canadian accent there. Were you one of those ice hockey whiz kids? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, was I a whiz kid? Uh, I tried to keep up with all the other whiz kids but uh, but I did actually did play quite a bit of hockey growing up um, but where it all started I guess in the uh, in the fitness industry was uh, when I was really young so I think I was about 12 years old. I was living in Ottawa, Ontario and I, we just uh, my mother just bought a house and um and I was downstairs in the basement, there was construction going on. And and there was this mirror that ended up, um, falling on me. Um, and, and just, unfortunate uh, luck. It ended up taking almost nearly half of my arm off um, from the bottom Ah. end below the elbow. Yeah. So I ended up getting a great surgeon um, and it was about a year in a cast. So after that was all uh, pretty much finished uh, recovering um, after the cast for about a year, I went and saw a great coach. I obviously had atrophy onto the left side of my upper body, quite a bit of atrophy for a 12, 13 year old boy. And he just said, you know, fortunate enough, he was a Mr. Universe at the time. He, you know, he's, he's uh, done a workout with Arnold back in the day and, you know, yeah. he's com- he's competed at a bunch of universe contests. So he was just a, a great mentor of mine that I could go, wow, I'd love to not look like this, but I would love to build some muscle. And I think this is the guy I'm going to put my trust in. And, and uh, I think I was right. So he really taught me a lot.
0: That's amazing. So it's like, um, that purpose lesson was almost with you from the start
1: yeah I, I joke around a lot with clients even today i just said look this this industry kind of chose me from a young age as cheesy as it might sound um but it uh it completely did you know it i couldn't really look at another avenue i think just out of high school i was like you know what I need to call my coach again. I need to see if I can get a, an internship with uh, with someone that he would recommend. And and he did. He recommended me to a, a great couple that were just starting out at a one-on-one training center. And these guys took me under their wing and I kind of learned from him and I grew from there. So what was the tipping point then for you to
0: go at, um, you know, branch out and start out on your own and, and start your own business? Because you started with obviously training for other people, as a mm-hmm. So, what was it that made you go actually i want to just take this off as
1: my own venture and and do it alone? After I kind of just out of, just out of high school, I got this great internship. Um, I had again another great mentor who kind of showed me the ropes and and obviously showed me the importance of one on one coaching versus you know going with something that is just a uh, maybe a group training class, or I think CrossFit was just a fad at that point. It was just getting the ball started, so I was just looking into maybe going into that. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, and and these guys really helped me understand um, how important one on one coaching is. So after you know six years at that business, and we had three locations at that point, um, you know from the time I started, we had just started two weeks into their new business, and then obviously six years down the road, we we've opened up six. Um, and at that point, I think uh, it was just more um, okay. I understand what to. I understand what to do. I also understand what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that is going to give me enough lessons to um, to maybe venture out and do my own thing.
0: What was the most challenging thing you encountered
1: in those early years setting up for yourself? I think the most challenging thing was, um, you know, obviously me being all, obviously super young as well, right? I mean, this was, uh, this was when I was 18. I'm nearly 32 now, you know, so I've been doing it for nearly 14 years. But, you know, at that time, I was so young. There's such a, uh, a, a financial commitment that you need to make and you need to come up with to really kind of venture off and do your own thing. And uh, and create your own brand and create your own philosophies and whatnot. So you know at that time it was just uh, it was just me learning about what to do, what not to do in business, um, hiring mistakes that may that may happen, what type of people to hire, what type of qualities to look for. Mm-hmm. You know there was a lot of mistakes obviously made in the early years of of that, and obviously um, systems, learning which systems are going to be a little bit better for this type of business structure.
0: Yeah, because it is interesting, isn't it? As a small business owner, you have the passion for whatever the business is that you've started, but you don't necessarily have those other tangential skills that you also require to have a successful business, like how you do your marketing, how you make sure the cash flow is going the right way. Like <laughs> There's all these extra skills that you need to suddenly get on board with that it, it must be immensely challenging. So uh, For you, was that financial element the most difficult or was it, you know, wrapping your head around the Facebook? (laughs) Um,
1: Actually, you know, almost my first big break was when I was about 26. I had two clients that I um, were coaching for, I think, nearly five years. So they, you know, they learned uh, they were with me from 19 years old to 20 uh, or sorry, 21 years old to 26 and, um, and they were with me for some time. And, and these guys um, came up to me one day and said, look, man, you're, you've already been promoted as head trainer. You manage over 30 coaches in three different locations. You're so young, you got so much energy, you got a lot to give, you know, you're an open book for knowledge. You constantly want to keep learning we would love to financially support your venture. We'd love to financially support your your goal of opening your own gym. And I did actually go down that route, but uh, unfortunately it was so challenging, not just the, I thought it was just the financial uh, you know issue that I was might, might be having. And once that was actually cleared up and I had the financial backing, there was all these other things that I was scared to do. Um, mm. It was all these other lessons that I felt I wasn't, uh, I needed to learn first before diving straight in, and so I did. Kind of go back to the drawing board, and I did some traveling. You know, I went to New Zealand for a little bit. I learned a bit in New Zealand. Uh, I came to Australia. I've been here for six years, and I've been learning the ropes over here and continually trying to open my my mindset to new new methodologies. And you know, I even found myself going to Singapore and, and visiting a really good friend of mine who's a trainer over there and seeing how they do their systems. And now I could say over ten years doing it. I'm now, you know, I was then ready to take that big plunge.
0: It is interesting you say that like there's all these different systems because people might think, oh, training's training and it's going to be <laughs> the same no matter where you are. <laughs> Obviously,
1: it's not. It, it, it's it's a bit more complex on the inside, right? Uh, and from the outside in, it's not complex. I mean, you you pick heavy stuff up. And you put it down, and you know there, there's a training effect that takes place. It's either you're going to become stronger, or you're going to become faster, or you're going to become more muscular, or you're going to lose body fat, right? And there's there's a, there's an effect by expending certain amounts of energy and and producing movement, you know, within a workout, and it will create some type of training effect. And it's not that uh, it's not that complex, but from the inside out, it's a lot more complex. It's the not the complexity of actually getting clients. Because marketing can help you with that. I mean, it's a little, it's not too difficult to market yourself as a coach if you know which avenues and which type of clients you want to attract. But it's more just the systems. It's the fact that you need to know exactly what you're doing because everybody is so different. Every single client that comes in is treated differently. If I was to have someone, come in with, uh, with an injury that I just couldn't figure out, uh, the last thing I'd wanna do is just put them on a cookie cutter workout. I need to go and talk to the people that have specialized in this type of problem, learn how to solve it, and then from there, um, I'd have the answers for them. And I think back in the earlier years, I just didn't have all those answers and I wasn't 100% confident. Even though I was doing it for five, six, seven years at that point, I still wasn't confident in, um, in my abilities and I think I still had some growing to do.
0: Mm. And how would you say, like, uh, it's been 13 or so years now, how would you say the industry has changed in that time?
1: Oh, the industry has absolutely changed. I mean, obviously, everything changed a year ago with COVID. But, um, you know, even leading up to that, um, the more technology advances, the industry is obviously adapted to technology. You know, um, the more technology advances, the more there's online training, there's there's on- lap online forms that you can go to, you can find a trainer through an app now. I mean, there's so many ways to exercise and get fit, which is a really great bonus. But for this business, I would say it would become more uh, challenging throughout the years, let's say from zero, from year zero to zero thirteen, 13, not just because of technology, but because also the saturation of the industry, mm. there's so many more companies that are offering personal training certifications. There's so many more companies that are offering that way of building, uh, business within that industry and making that the pure motive, right? It's, if you do this course, you're going to make this much money per year because this is what trainers are making.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Uh, so could, can I just touch
0: on a couple of things that you sure. just spoke about? Um, firstly, COVID, obviously, fitness, gyms were were the, one of the sectors that really bore the brunt of the impacts of lockdown and, and COVID-19
1: restrictions. So how was it for you during COVID? Well, actually, because of our business is mostly one-on-one coaching. We obviously, from the very start, my passion was the individual one on one. I would see people come through, clients come through. They would be with me very consistently two, three times a week, sometimes four, sometimes five a week. We would have people from athletes to just uh, business investors to, you know, business people, you know, single moms. It doesn't really matter. We'd get all types of clients coming through and, and we would be majorly working with them one on one. And so when COVID hit, Obviously, that became a bit of an issue because that was 90% of our revenue at that time. Mm. Uh, 10% of our revenue was program design. So we have clients that are from Canada. We've got clients from, from over over east in, in Sydney and Melbourne and, and up at a lot of mining sites and stuff. But And we kept those relationships going because it was already an online relationship, but it wasn't really the the end, the, the, the core of our business. And so when COVID hit, it was a big challenge for us. We kind of had to decide, do we go back to the drawing board and change our business completely because we actually do not know when uh, we're going to be able to go back to work. Or do we just support the clients that we've been with, that been with us for the last year to five years to six years, and just support their journeys, allow them to uh, allow us to maybe do some calls every week to make sure that they're still uh, doing well, they're moving enough. Uh, If they have any questions about food, then we would obviously be there for them. And we would have an open ended outlet for them to Mm -hmm. just make sure that we've got their back. And then when things open up Then uh, then the plan was that we would have a very, a very small amount of clients not come back, we would basically be able to uh, maintain most of our quota. And it worked out really well for us. We ended up doing that we said let's let's stand our ground here. Uh, We're one on one coaches, and we're still coaches at heart. And we don't need to adapt to an online platform. It's not really um, our main bread and butter. Um, but the clients that have been doing one-on-one, we're just going to make sure we call them every week and we're going to still support them. And we're not going to try to create this new business structure and, um, and try to make it you weren't zoom coaching every day. No, no. I mean, look, we, we had, uh, we had a small offering for our clients, which was extremely low barrier of entry and our clients were just checking in with us and we would make sure that they're moving enough. But no, we did not change our business structure whatsoever. We did not to say, okay, well, this is our business now. We, we had faith in what we do and we thought, you know what, There, when things go down, I'm sure there's going to be a time where things go back up again and, and that's what we kind of planned.
0: And has business kind of rebounded for you guys?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think that's one thing that we 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 kind of were grateful for covid is that it gave us time to reflect it gave us a lot of time to reflect my my fiance and i would go out for a coffee walk and we would talk about okay well let's uh, let's see how everyone's doing and and when the gyms open up again this is going to be our strategy and it allowed us to kind of dig in and do the things that We weren't actually doing before because we were working in our business a lot, but not necessarily on our business. And it gave us an opportunity to work on our business, which was great. So when we did kind of have the doors open up again, we had an absolute flood of of clientele coming through. We were so happy that every single client returned. We did not have one client drop off um, after COVID, which is just fantastic. Um, And it allowed us to kind of go, wow, you know what? We're so happy we made that change. Everyone that we've talked to in that process said, hey, man, I really appreciate you treating me not just as a number, but as someone that actually cares. Um, And that was a big game changer for us. And when we got back, we had full retention, and we were able to then move forward with our previous plans. That's your expansion plans, yeah? That's correct, yeah.
0: And so you guys also made use of the government has, which our readers would be aware and our listeners would be aware, Um, The SME Guarantee Scheme, which was to help businesses uh, get back on their feet and expand or pay for new equipment, etc., while they were unfortunately suffering from the impacts of COVID, so to help them get back on their feet. And I hear you guys used one of the SME guarantee schemes to help with your expansion?
1: We did, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, the previously before COVID, we were ready to expand. We're ready to open up a, a, a large location. We have staff ready to go. We were pre-hiring for that spot and, and everything was moving forward in the right direction. And then, obviously, COVID hit. And because we've made that decision to kind of just we're going to just stand our ground, not create any major uh, opportunities for business here. And, and, uh, and, and by making that decision, we did obviously take a bit of a financial loss within the company. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and and respectively, so, um, you know, because we gained things other way, so uh, other directions as well. Um, So we kind of look back on it and go, well, it's a negative, but it's also a positive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we got back to work, we had a bit of a chat and said, okay, we need to start getting the ball rolling here. We need to start uh, getting back on track, what we did before. And and so we started looking around at different uh, ways to, um, I guess, just allow us to have a good cash flow experience, maybe move a few things over here and there. And we Ooh. saw this SME thing and we just went, wow, this is really cool. It's an SME loan that was given from Westpac. Um, and it was, it was a quite low interest rate as well. So um, you know, we talked to our accountant about it and I said, Hey, does this work? And he just said, man, that is a great deal. It would be crazy not to do it. Um, so he goes, and this will help buy some of the equipment that you wanted to get from overseas. Um, we have, um, you know, companies like Atlantis strength from Montreal and, and Watson from UK and, uh, Elico from Sweden and hmm. some of the equipment that I stand by. And I think are some of the best in industry. And was the process, um, relatively simple? Yeah, the process was actually super crazy. We just went online to, I guess, fill out a bit of an application. Um, we had a, a previous relationship, a pretty good relationship with our business manager uh, from when we first opened up the business account with them years ago. Um, mm. And once we applied, we just kind of sent them a little a little quick email and say, hey, guys, just let you know. Uh, it's been a little while, but we just applied for this. Can you just give me a heads up if maybe you can speed the process up or maybe just give us a bit more information if we maybe left, uh, left anything out of the application? Uh, that would be lovely. And they got back to us within a day or two and said, Hey, why don't you uh, talk to this person? I think he was over in Melbourne, I'm on the phone. Uh, did that, and I believe it was within five to seven days. We were in the bank here in Perth, filling out some papers, and it was very, very cruisy. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's not often that you hear that kind of experience, so that's yeah, great. yeah, no. I think we were, I think we were lucky because every bank is different, but in this case, we um, we were definitely happy with the process.
0: And so, how far down the track is your expansion plans? Uh, have you bought all that equipment now? Are you, um yeah. you on the way to? bigger and better things?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So we've obviously purchased all of our equipment. Um, We have obviously a um, a personal investment from our ends as well that kind of met in the middle, which I think was a bit of a security net as well when you go for loans is they want to also see that, you know, you also do have a bit of backing. So we were able to take some of that loan and take some of our previous uh, um, personal uh, income as well and just, yeah, buy all of our equipment. Uh, We got everything coming. I believe our dumbbells are actually arriving in Fremantle today, uh, funny mm-hmm. enough. Um, and uh, all of our other stuff is going to be due here in July uh, for our open in October. So we start. Fit oh, out wow. Yeah, we start fit out in September, maybe just before mm. September.
0: That's awesome news. It's certainly great to hear uh, that your business was able to recover so rapidly and not just to the point where it was, but beyond that you're onward and upwards it's great absolutely so what advice would you have to other small business owners that might be feeling a little bit of dark times at the moment do you right. think that they should kind of what should they do
1: i mean it's really hard to comment because you know not not every business is going to benefit from getting you know uh, a loan and and expanding their business you know some people need to work more internally before they do that. And that was something that I learned you know, six, seven years ago when I had that great offer back in Canada, was here's the amount to grow your business and here's the ability. And, and then I had to reflect and go, okay, we'll actually have a lot of other systems I need to sort out first before I take that major risk and make it work. Um, so I think the biggest thing was to be A, open-minded, make sure that your systems are down pat, they're ready to go. Uh, you get excited about the project, Um, it's also something that you're passionate about. It's something that is is not going to be short-lived. It's something that's going to be long-term. And I think that when all those boxes are ticked, Um, and you have the, uh, you have the ambition to, to expand your business. Well then, yeah, there's obviously the ability to, um, you know, find investors or get a loan or any of those things. But I think before you go and and do that, actually, it's probably a good idea to just reflect on your business and make sure that, uh, you're ready for expansion. Mm. And when the time comes, then I, I say dive in. Yeah.
0: And lastly, could I get a little bit of advice in terms of health and fitness and or well-being for our audience? Small business owners are notoriously sure. bad at looking after their <laughs> health and well-being. So yeah. what's your best advice?
1: Um, best advice? I mean, obviously, exercise and, and, and well-being is such an open-ended conversation. There's so many things to think about. But if I was to say anything, we get so many business people in to see us every single day. And the most problematic thing that comes forward is stress and sleep. Uh, Those are the two biggest problems. And everyone wants to lose, you know, five kilos and 10 kilos and and get strong and get muscles and have six packs. And that's great. But you got to remember that uh, in order to achieve all those things, there needs to be a lot of other boxes to be checked before that. And I would say the first thing was to A, make sure you have the time to focus on you because you get so caught up with work day in and day out and you do not find the time to actually focus on yourself. B, it doesn't take long to focus on yourself. You could just do it first thing in the morning. You can go to bed earlier, get a great night's sleep, have, you know, great energy when you wake up, go to the gym, work out, exercise, hire a trainer, go do yoga, do something active to start your day because that's going to allow you to think better, think clearer. And, uh, and obviously move a lot more efficiently as well. So uh, manage stress and get lots of sleep is the first two things I would tick off. Um, and then after that, find a way that you can move every single day. Just, just move, you know, get your steps in. And once those are done and you can then move and feel good, then yeah, go. If you want to take it up another step and you, you want more and you want more challenges and yeah, go hire a trainer um, that knows what they're doing and, uh, and, start, uh, and start seeing the effects of that as well. Awesome. Thank you very much. I think that's all we've got time for. Thanks so much for joining me, James. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on.